0: Okay, we're going to begin one of the longest learning objectives of the course, so let's all take a deep breath. In learning objective 18.5, we're going to comprehend the different tax consequences that arise from a stock redemption. If a redemption is treated as an exchange, the shareholder computes gain or loss by comparing the amount realized, that is, the sum of money and property received, with the tax-adjusted basis of the stock surrendered. The character of the gain or loss will be capital, and the basis of non-cash property received will be its fair market value. And the holding period for any property received will begin at the date of actual receipt. If the transaction is treated as a dividend, the shareholder will have gross income in an amount equal to the cash and the fair market value of other property received, the extent of the corporation's earnings and profits, and the basis of the property received will be fair market value. Now the code states that a redemption will be treated as an exchange if the redemption is not essentially equivalent to a dividend. This is a facts and circumstances determination. It's very subjective and it's argued only as a last resort. Now to satisfy this requirement, the courts or the service would need to conclude that there's been a meaningful reduction in the shareholder's ownership interest in the corporation as a result of the redemption. And that means usually below 50% of stock ownership. Now, the code also states that a redemption will be treated as an exchange if the redemption is, quote, substantially disproportionate with respect to the shareholder, close quote. And that's defined as follows. Immediately after the exchange, the shareholder owns less than 50% of the total combined voting power of all classes of stock permitted to vote. Additionally, the shareholder's percentage of ownership of voting stock after redemption is less than 80% of his or her percentage of ownership before the redemption. Finally, the shareholder's percentage ownership of the aggregate fair market value of the corporation's common stock, both voting and non voting, after the redemption is less than 80% of the ownership percentage before the redemption. The code holds that a redemption will be treated as an exchange if the redemption is in complete redemption of all of the stock of the corporation owned by the shareholder. In determining whether the change in stock ownership tests are satisfied, each shareholder's percentage change in ownership in the corporation before and after the redemption must take into account the constructive ownership or attribution rules. The attribution rules cause stock owned by other persons to be treated as owned by or attributed to the shareholder for purposes of determining whether that shareholder has satisfied any of the change in stock ownership tests to receive the exchange treatment. So, family attribution rules operate. Individuals are treated as owning the shares of stock owned by their spouse, children, grandchildren, and parents, but not stock owned by their siblings or grandparents. There's also attribution from entities to the owners or the beneficiaries of the entities. Partners are going to be deemed to own a pro-rata share of the partnership's stock holdings. Example, a partner who has a 10% interest in a partnership is deemed to own 10% of any stock owned by that partnership. Shareholders are deemed to own pro-rata, a pro-rata share of the corporation's stock holdings, but only if they own at least 50% of the value of the corporation's stock. There's additionally attribution from owners or beneficiaries to entities. Partnerships are deemed to own 100% of stock owned by the partners. That is, a partnership is deemed to own 100% of stock owned by a 10% partner. There's also attribution to a corporation but that applies only to shareholders owning 50% or more of the value of the corporation's stock. Now, shareholders can waive the family attribution rules in complete redemption of the stock so long as certain requirements are met. The shareholder has not retained a prohibited interest in the corporation immediately after the exchange. That is, not a shareholder, not an employee, not a director, not an officer, not a consultant. Additionally, the shareholder does not acquire a prohibited interest within 10 years after the redemption unless it's by inheritance, although there's the 10-year look-forward rule. And the shareholder agrees to notify the IRS district director within 30 days if she or he acquires a prohibited interest within 10 years, the so-called triple small little i agreement. Now, if the redemption is treated as a dividend by the shareholder, the corporation generally reduces its E&P by the cash distributed and the fair market value of any property distributed. If the redemption is treated as an exchange by the shareholder, then the corporation reduces earnings and profits at the date of distribution by the percentage of stock redeemed. That is, if 50% of the stock is redeemed, earnings and profits would be reduced by 50%. But this reduction is not to exceed the fair market value of the property distributed. Let's tie together these rules with problem 51 from the textbook. We have the Flintstone Company, and it's owned equally by Fred Stone and his sister Wilma, each of whom own 1,000 shares in the company. Wilma would like to reduce her ownership in the company It's decided that the company will redeem 250 of her shares for $25,000 per share on December 31st of the year. And Wilma's income tax basis in each share is $5,000. And the corporation has current earnings and profits of $10 million and accumulated earnings and profits of $50 million. Our first question at A asks, What's the amount and the character of the gain that's going to be recognized by Wilma as a result of the stock redemption, assuming that the substantially disproportionate with respect to the shareholder test will be applied? Well, Wilma is reducing her ownership in Flintstone from 50% to 42.9%. The 42.9% represents 750 shares she owns, less 1,750 remaining in the company. So Wilma fails the substantially disproportionate test to treat the redemption as an exchange. Although she reduces her ownership below 50%, her ownership percentage after the redemption is not not less than 80% of her ownership before. Because remember, 80% of 50% is 40%. So as a result, Wilma is going to recognize a dividend of $6.25 million, that is $25,000 times the 250 shares. What other argument might Wilma make to treat this redemption as an exchange? Wilma arguably could maintain that the distribution is not essentially equivalent to a dividend under section 301 b one of the code, because she in fact has reduced her ownership percentage under 50%, but recognize this is a very subjective test that is going to require IRS approval. This concludes Learning Objective 18.5.